Welcome to My Runner's Mind, where we run with gratitude towards a life of happiness and gratefulness. I'm your host, Stina Turgeon, and I believe that as runners, we're uniquely positioned to choose gratitude over negativity. Running itself is so badass, and each run offers multiple opportunities to turn a potentially negative thought or feeling into a positive one. Tune in as I'll share behind the scenes of what goes into my 12-week program, My Runner's Mind, which is mindset and spiritual coaching for women runners who know that they're ready to shift away from the shoulds and ought tos in their running routine and replace them with want and desire to live a happier and more balanced life. Are you ready? Let's go! Hi friends, runners. Maybe you're dreaming about becoming a runner. Maybe you ask yourself if you're really a runner. Either way, welcome to episode 39. So if you've lost your running mojo, today I want to share seven tips I shared in my Facebook community, Train for a Half Marathon, a couple of weeks ago on how to create lasting motivation. I think a misconception is that we ought to wake up motivated to do what's on our schedule. And in the absence of this feeling, we think it means we should question whether we should run in the first place or that we've lost our mojo. We believe motivation is this flimsy emotion that sometimes is there and then we lose it. I want to tell you that the biggest source of motivation is our own thoughts. Try and imagine this. Imagine dominoes lined up on a table. And you can picture, I'm sure, when the first domino piece falls and the effect it has on all the other pieces, pun intended, the chain reaction it causes. Now picture this first domino again, and let's pretend it's your thoughts. Then that means that domino number two will call your feelings, and domino number three is your actions, and number four, your results. As you understand from the chain reaction caused by when the first domino falls, your thoughts have a cascading effect on everything that follows, right? So when we remind ourselves, our thoughts, of how we've lost our mojo or how hard running is or how far away from reaching our desired goal or insert your own thoughts, they'll have a direct impact on our motivation, our feeling. I think the most empowering phrase to remember if you're heading into negative self-talk around your motivation territory is to remind yourself that motivation comes and goes and that nothing has gone wrong. The brain, though, likes to find evidence. That's kind of the nature of the brain, the brain's job. It likes to find evidence by looking for proof for our thoughts. So an example of this would be a thought is, I've lost my mojo for running. Proof, the brain goes to prove it. Well, and I haven't run in the last month, two months, six months. Or it could be the other way around. I haven't run in the last months, two months, six months. That's a circumstance because it has now happened. The thought then becomes, I've lost my mojo for running. And then we can stay stuck in this pattern, which does not improve motivation, right? So I created seven tips to help you create, to create motivation right? I'm saying create motivation. Motivation doesn't have to be this 
elusive feeling that either we have it or we don't. We can actually set ourselves up to experience it a lot more consistently, daily even, maybe. I like the Aristotle quote, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but a habit, end of quote. A habit. Because it puts us in the driver's seat. So here are my seven tips to keep your motivation humming. Before I list them, I just want to let you know that the tips are divided into kind of three categories or three areas. Practical, mindset, and keys, what I call keystone habits. So on the practical note, have a goal. That's tip number one. And have smaller goals to achieve your bigger goals. Because a goal provides a direction for your energy, right? So as an example, I have a big goal, a marathon goal. Well, obviously, I have smaller goals in between reaching my bigger goal, which would be my practice runs and hitting certain mile runs or milestone runs within that. So tip one, have a goal. It'll direct your energy, right? Tip two, create a training schedule and follow through on it just like with any other responsibility, right? So are you training for a 5K, a 10K, a half marathon, full marathon, and whatever distance you're training for, print your training schedule out, have it, and then you can see the layout of of all your training runs. Now, sticking with this training schedule helps build confidence and belief in ourselves, which with motivation the more so the first time I trained for a half marathon I printed out the schedule hung it on my fridge and every time I completed one of the it was a 12-week plan three runs a week so 36 runs in all every time I completed one of those runs I would check it off that would help with my confidence in myself that hey listen I'm showing up for myself here I'm preparing myself I can see that I'm completing these runs and that helped with my confidence and my belief in myself, in myself. And then that spurred my motivation on, right? Tip number three, block your runs in your calendar. Make an appointment in your calendar for your runs. Don't let it be, you know, whimsical or hit and miss. What days do you run? Decide, do you run three days a week? For the longest time I ran three days a week. Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. It just became part of the routine. So those days were run days. Does that mean that sometimes a Saturday could become a Sunday? Of course, if there were other events that kind of superseded it, and that's fine. My point just is that I had a schedule that was created, and it's a lot easier to then stick to the schedule if there actually is a schedule that's that's created if a schedule exists right so now that i become a five day a week runner i know that tuesday wednesday thursday saturday sunday those are my run days and they just are in addition to this what time do you run what time of day do you run are you an am runner or a pm runner decide on that also maybe it'll vary depending on the day maybe you haven't decided I am a big proponent of being an AM runner, but really advantages to either depends on your day and is very individual and what you work around, right? So I'm a big proponent of the AM running because there aren't any distractions for me in the early mornings, right? 
And so things get done. I don't have to tackle other things at the same time because I've carved out this time. I have, I'm getting up in enough time, in plenty of time, to complete the things I want to do, right? However, if I, in my schedule, pushed it to the afternoons, there would be a lot more chance of things coming up that I'd have to deal with, tackle, or handle that could impact whether everyone got done or my state of mind when I go out on a run. So again, those are some things to consider. And these are kind of like the practical things when it comes to motivation. Then on the mindset end, I have a couple of tips also for you. First one is connect with motivation by knowing your why. What is your why for running? And make it a really meaningful one. I think that is so important. A lot of us runners don't go farther, don't go beyond a goal. So we just keep finding new races to enter and that's what keeps driving us. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having races or anything, but I think it's very, very meaningful to actually go beyond that because a race is just an external thing that we show up for, right? Go deeper and find out why do you run and what does running give you? And I would really encourage you to go very deep here and go beyond while well, I run because I like it or I run because of, of the body I get from when I run. What does that give you or mean to you, right? So keep going deeper and deeper because you're going to get a, a really meaningful why and that why will help with your motivation because all you then have to do is go back to that why if you're questioning whether you should run or not. It'll really help drive your motivation. Another mindset tip is celebrate your wins. This is huge. We don't do that enough. I think sometimes we are afraid of, of even asking ourselves, well, what went well this week or what went well today or what's gone well over the last month because Sometimes we don't feel our wins are big enough or we worry what other people will say or question or, or very often also we question ourselves and we don't really validate these wins ourselves. We're so wrapped up in forcing ourselves or in, in pushing ourselves forward with negative self-talk rather than positive emotions, positive fuel, right? So I'm just here to tell you as somebody who has really started embracing, celebrating her wins, how powerful it is because you're gonna naturally want to do more and more and more. So do you run happy or do you just kind of throw out that Brooks slogan, you know, run happy without really feeling it? Because running makes us happy, but happiness makes us better runners. I think that's such an interesting quote I came across some years ago on a blog post, and I don't remember the name of the blog post right now, but it really came from a quote by a MD who said, exercise doesn't just improve happiness, happiness improves exercise performance. And I think that's where it really gets interesting for us runners, because so often we rely on the first part that running makes us happy, and that's why we do it. So we get our fix, we get our, whatever people call it, their therapy or you know, they go out clearing their mind, which is all great. But I'm just here to tell you, if you can tap into the last component, that happiness makes you a better runner. If you can go into your run already feeling really happy, you can tap into a whole different kind of running. And celebrating your wins will definitely help you along the, that, along the way on that. 
but all the other tips that I'm giving you also will help with that also. And along the lines of celebrating your wins, joyful, even though it's often considered a character trait, it really isn't a character trait. It's a skill we can actually acquire. It's not a, I guess, it's not a given character trait that some people have and others don't. We can nurture and develop this character trait just like motivation, right? It's something we can take on, really. And the upside to doing this is we get better performance, right? Happiness improves, ex- or yeah, happiness improves exercise performance or happiness improves running. We see fewer injuries because we just feel better. We feel less pain and we become healthier. These are all, again, from a blog post that I read a couple of years ago. But what is so interesting about it is that, and, and Bruce Lipton talks about this in, in his book, Biology of Belief, that you know, negative emotions can provoke cellular activity that leads to illness, including cancer and feeling joy can reverse this process. This is not a Bruce Lipton quote, but he talks about something very similar to this. And so how we feel is felt at the cellular level in our bodies. And so if we're always steeped in some kind of negativity or lacking mojo feeling, that is definitely felt at the cellular level. I'm not saying you're going to go out and, and end up with cancer from it, but I'm just saying it really has a profound impact on your overall well-being and how you feel. So lastly, under this component of celebrating your wins and mindset, just want to bring in the book, The Happiness Advantage, which was written by a Harvard researcher, Sean Acor, who talks about the conventional wisdom is that once we get something, then we'll feel happy. So success precedes happiness is the conventional wisdom, right? So to a runner, that would be once I get this 10K time that I've really wanted for a long time, or once I get this half marathon time, or once um, I'm able to run this distance, we'll be happy, right? However, his book, his research reveals that that's that's backwards. Happiness actually fuels success. And that's why it's so important celebrating our wins, right? Because that happiness gives us more successes. So two more points I want to share with you are day under, I file them under daily keystone habits and keystone is meaning that they have a cascading effect on everything else in our life. Use positive language. If you followed me on this podcast, you know, I'm a huge proponent of the language we choose because it impacts our likelihood of wanting to do something. So I made a decision early on within the first month of me starting to run that I was only going to talk about running in all positive language because otherwise I was fighting an uphill battle and there was no point in doing that. So I just made that decision and it's super simple now because I've done it for so long. I don't even think twice about it. I also highly encourage using mantras to pull the mind out of a negative space that you sometimes find yourself in, which again, nothing's gone wrong. It's just the mind and the brain doing what the mind and the brain do, right? But a mantra can really help you re-engage your mind and stay focused, right? It'll help you override that negative self-talk. Here's a little tidbit of information, which is so interesting that negative self-talk feels good in a strange way. I'm sure you can agree with me if you're somebody who uses it because it's almost this old friend. It's something we've done for so long and it feels comfortable. It feels normal. 
And the craziest thing is that it releases dopamine, right? So we get that feel-good feeling from it. This is from the book, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, where he talks about this. And that's why we perpetuate it, right? We do it over and over again because we get a quick hit while we berate ourselves at the same time. How dumb is that, right? It's a little bit like eating kind of the crappy food, even though we're on a diet, then we know we shouldn't because we really have the desire for the end result that diet would give us, for instance, right? The sugar gives us a high. We might even feel good for a second as we're biting into this cookie, but we all understand that we set ourselves back when we do it. And the same thing is the case with negative self-talk, right? So as running and all of a sudden you start perpetuating this negative self-talk about either your speed or or your form or, or something else that's not even running related, well, you're trapping yourself a little bit because that dopamine feels good in the moment. However, you know that it's just ultimately a shitty feeling and it's not serving you at all in the long run, right? Just like that cookie on a diet. So now that we know that this is the case, it becomes even more important to train our mind and thoughts, just like we train our body for the various distances we run, right? And so to that end, I actually wanna share eight podcast episodes that go into more detail on the topics that will help when it comes to your motivation. And of course, they're gonna be podcast episodes to this, My Runner's Mind, but you can go back and listen to them. And again, I just wanna reiterate that I really created this podcast, My Runner's Mind, to teach you all what I've learned, that our runs are only as good as the quality of our thoughts, right? So the first episode I would start out recommending would be episode number one. It gives my suggestions for how to create more gratitude in your runs and goes into more detail and three steps to creating your own runner's high. Episode three also is a great one. Our thoughts can either stifle or draw out our physical potential. It goes into the nitty gritty of the kind of language you choose when you talk and you think about running. Just like I said early on, I made that decision to just keep it all positive language. Episode five, running, is about identity. Listen in as I interview some of my clients from my runner's mind coaching and about the mindset shifts they've made while working with me. Episode six, as we run, we become building mental toughness. That's a good one. Episode eight, run the season you're in. Do you feel FOMO when you're out running and when you read other runner stats? Then this episode is for you. Episode 11, filling your own cup first. In our pursuit of achieving our goals, we forget that the best way to achieve a goal is when body and mind is working in harmony. So often as runners, we're all body, right? We're doing, doing, and doing harder. Episode 15, can you love yourself to happier runs? It piggybacks off of the concept of nurturing the body-mind connection for optimal performance and happiness. And lastly, episode 33, who's got your back? Well, guess what, runner friend, you do. So, all right, runner friend, there you have it. If this was helpful, please tell me so in the comments or reach out on social media. I'd love to connect. And do you have a running friend who would benefit from this material? Please share the podcast with him or her. And lastly, are you interested in more information like this? Come check us out in my Runner's Mind Coaching. It's a mindset and spiritual coaching program for women runners. Link in comments, of course. See you next week. So if running is our practice ground and we can turn every experience into fuel, then we can transfer it to the rest of our life. 
and positively impact our whole world. Just one run at a time.